Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, I've got a very special guest. She is an Asian Games medalist, a World University Games champion. She's an NCAA All-American, and this season in the ISL, she was on fire for Energy Standard. Coming to us today from Hong Kong, please welcome Shaban Howie. Thanks for having me. glad we could make this work you're currently like 14 hours ahead of me um what i mean you're in hong kong right now obviously you represent them internationally your parents live there but give give me the situation what have your last few months looked like let's let's say uh since the budapest bubble um have you been in hong kong the whole time yeah so um uh, i actually was in Michigan um, at the beginning of 2020. Um, But then once COVID hit, I left Michigan at the end of May and came back to Hong Kong. Um, And since then I've been training there um, until October when I left for Budapest. And um, we were there for six weeks. And then afterwards I came back to Hong Kong. We have a two week quarantine. I have to go through a two week quarantine after I came back and um, then I've been training here, uh, but uh, Hong Kong is currently in our fourth wave of COVID. Um, and so we're kind of in lockdown again. Um, and so all the pools are closed, except um, the pool that I train in, which is our um, the pool at our sports institute. Um, and what the sports institute is, is basically like most of the Hong Kong elite sports train there. Um, and we have like different training venues and we have like the gym. Um, trainers, you nutritionists, um, sports science, everything like that. And they're also athlete hostels. Um, so our sports institute is in lockdown right now. So we can only, we're not allowed to leave. And it's very, very hard to get back into it after you leave. Um, so I've been there um, since end of December. Um, so I've just been training there. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like quite a facility, but also, I mean, like you said, kind of stuck there you're, you ha- you have to be there for a while you were able to see your parents in the holidays uh at the top of the podcast i'd be remiss if i did not mention this shaban is also the 2020 uh s- s- recipient of the asian female swimmer of the year swammy award um so in 2020 shaban was the asian female swimmer uh obviously there were a lot of great performances but y- you put up some pretty some pretty stellar ones throughout this very odd 2020. I want to get into those in a little bit, but um, back to, back to your training. Um, Since you've been in this, you know, national uh, team complex, what has it been like? Take me through just kind of the day to day. Yeah. So um, I still work really closely with my coach in Michigan, Rick Bishop. Um, So basically every day he sends me practice and our workouts. And so, I just do them and we have a Hong Kong team coach here who kind of is in charge of it. He like runs us through a practice, but I'm still doing workouts from my coach in Michigan. And in my team, we have like a group of six people roughly. Um, So me and this other girl from Michigan, Jamie, she um, 
we both came back at the same time. So we're used to Rick's program. And then we have a few other people who also came back from either the US or, you know, some other parts of the world. Um, so we've kind of created our own training group. And um, it's been really fun. Like it's, it's kind of different and refreshing, even though I'm doing the same workouts, something similar, but I have new people to train with and I'm training with guys right now. So that, you know, it's fun and competitive. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, I wish that I was back in Michigan, but I think this is, you know, I'm so very grateful that I still get to train and I have a pool, I have access to the gym. Um, so things aren't really that different than when I was in Michigan. Um, and yeah, we train 10 sessions in the pool and we have three uh, sessions in the gym. Um, and then we incorporate dry land, some core, sometimes some yoga into our training as well. So we kind of do a lot of different things. <laughs> I was about to ask about what you do when you're not training, but that sounds so busy. Do you even um, have time that you're not training? Well, um, during the week, if I'm not training, I'm probably napping or sleeping. Um, but we actually, our sports institute have been in lockdown for a few times now. So this is our third lockdown. So I've spent so many, so many hours at our sports institute and on the weekends when we're not training, we try to, you know, try to try new different sports. Like we've been playing badminton, volleyball, frisbee, um, because all the athletes, all the top athletes in Hong Kong are there. So, you know, why not just take this opportunity and ask them to teach us about their sport? Um, so it was it was great. And it's like really fun as well. And um, since we're in lockdown, we're locked in like a very small venue. There's not much that we can do. Um, so we just try to relax. And I've been watching a lot of movies with my teammates. Um, so that's also fun. I, I love talking movies. I, I'll try not to go down a rabbit hole, but have you had any favorite movies that you guys have watched lately? Oh, we have been watching different horror movies late at night. Um, <laughs> so we've watched Insidious 1, 2, 3. We've seen mm -hmm. The Oculus, Annabelle. Um, I think there's like a few more horror movies that we watched. Um, we started watching like the Marvel series. Mm -hmm. um, so we're on our second one right now. Um, we just finished Captain America and um, Iron Man um, and just like tons of different sorts of movies. Yeah. Nice. That, yeah, definitely good time to watch like those big series that have <laughs> 20 plus movies or just horror movies in general, yeah. like you said. Nice. Um, are you, So can you go outside at all, like even for walks or something like that? No, we're not allowed to go out for walks. We're not allowed to order food delivery. Um, so there's a canteen there that we basically eat all of our three meals there. Um, if your friends and relatives can come and like drop you off some daily supplies. Uh, but for the most part, we're pretty much locked in the, the campus. And it's, I mean, it's not small, but it's also not that big. So we don't get a lot of... Uh, freedom <laughs> wow and so, so then do you know the plan for how long you will be locked down there for uh no idea it's kind of indefinite until the government says pools would be open outside then most likely 
our sports institute would also open up, but it really depends on like government policies and their call. Yeah. Interesting. How do you, how do you feel about that right now? I mean, I know you said you were grateful to be training, but um, do you ever get a little stir crazy or does that give you anxiety at all? Or are you, have you been able to, do you feel like you've been able to deal with that pretty well? Um, I think it's at certain times, it's definitely a little hard since I've been in lockdown basically since um, July last year. Um, our first sports institute lockdown, I was in there for almost 50 days. And then I got like three to four weeks out before I left for ISL Budapest for another six weeks. And then I came back for a two week quarantine and then I went straight back to our sports institute lockdown. And then I got a few days off for Christmas, but then right before the New Year's, we have to go back in again. Um, so it's just sound like I've been spending a lot of time indoors, um, not doing too much apart from swimming. So at times I felt like, like it's very repetitive. I do the same thing every day. I see the same people every day. I just basically go to the pool, the gym, my room, the training center every day. So it's like, Sometimes it does feel like, like I just wanted to get out, but I also understand like, this is probably the best situation I can get out of the current, you know, pandemic. Like I have a pool to train in. I have, you know, very supportive teammates here. My, I have great coaches who, who's willing to work with me and, um, and, you know, the Olympics is only a few months away. So I think, I just want to make sure I'm doing everything I can to be ready for the Olympics. And, um, and, you know, I know I have like teammates here who are going through the exact same thing with me. So we're all in this together. So it's nice knowing that, um, you know, I can rely on them and I can rely on my coaches. And if I ever feel like I really need a break, like, you know, I could always, it's always nice like that I could call my parents and talk to them and like at least know that they're still there. And if I really miss outside food or anything, they could always bring me food. So like sometimes it's hard, but I think, you know, I'm very grateful that I could still train right now. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it does seem like a, a great situation given the circumstances globally and also leading into the Olympics, you know, yeah. You lock yourself in a training facility and you get to put in some good work, I would yeah. assume. Um, how, let's let's back it up to, I guess, when they did postpone the Olympics. Um, how, how did you feel about that postponement at the time and how are you feeling about it now? You know, we're about six or seven months out. Um, how did you, how, how you felt about that extra year you've gained? Yeah, I was definitely a little disappointed at first because since January 2020, I've been racing and training really well. So I think that if I kept up with my training and everything, I could probably have some really good times at the Olympics and swim pretty fast. Um, but then like I talked to my coach about it and he was like, hey, like that's actually a good thing. How do you get an extra year? You get to train harder. You get to gain more racing experience and hopefully you'll swim even faster at, you know, in 2021. Um, and when they postponed the Olympics at that time, I already didn't really have a pool to train at. My training was 
definitely not ideal. Um, so I'm actually, now that I think about it, I'm actually glad they postponed it. And, you know, just for everyone's safety and, um, you know, it's very hard bringing everyone traveling from different, all over the world to go into one place. And it's probably not the safest thing at that moment, but um, so I definitely agreed that they postponed it. And um, since then, when, after I got to train again, I've been training pretty well. I've also been racing pretty well. So let's, I'm just hoping that this continued, this continues and I can um, definitely see some great results at the Olympics. Yeah. Let's, let's get into some of this great racing. Uh, so I know you had a couple time trials. Is that right? Yeah. Were yeah. those before the ISL? Yeah, they those were probably in over the summer in August, I think. August, okay. September. Yeah. Um so so leading into those time trials, just give me a, a brief rundown of how training was going at that time for you. Yeah, so I really started training again um in June. Um and you know, been doing the same thing uh Train, training with my Michigan coaches uh, workouts um, but since I kind of stopped training for two and a half months to three months it definitely took a while before I can get back into it again um, but I think after a few weeks like three weeks or so that's when I really uh, started seeing um, like how well my training has been going and we originally have a meet in Hong Kong um, in August, but that got canceled. So then instead of the meet, they decided to make it into like a time trial. Um, and I swam, so I swam the 200 free, um, and I really didn't know what I was expecting because I haven't raced it in so long. Um, and I, you know, and I was the only one who's swimming in the 200 free. So I, I just, it was just me in the race. Um, and I just, it's kind of weird swimming by yourself because you can't pace yourself off of everyone and you don't actually know how fast or how slow you're going. So I was really surprised with my time. I think I went a best time. Um, and it was great seeing that because I think at that point, I've only started training for like two months um, and being able to go a best time after the year that I had was, um, was really encouraging. And I think that definitely gave me a lot more confidence heading into like ISL and heading into like the Olympic year. Yeah. So you, to give some context, you went a 154.44, 200 meter freestyle, long course. Uh, that broke your own Hong Kong record of 154.9. So you dropped half a second, which is, yeah. like you said, significant. Um, is that the only race you were able to swim at those time trials? Um, so now that I think about it, I think we had two different time trials. This was the second one. Mm -hmm. The first one I did um, 100 free and like 100 fly just for fun. Um, I think in my 100 free, I went pretty close to my best time as well. I think I went like a 53. Four. Four, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then my 100, 100 fly, which I never swim. I, I think I did like a 59 
eight or fifty nine nine or something like that. Yeah, dude, fifty nine nine. You broke a minute. <laughs> yeah, and I think I did the hundred free first, and then the hundred fly. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> so you probably would have gone like fifty seven low, fifty six oh, high, yeah, and fly. yeah. If, uh, re- reverse that. Um, yeah. Okay, so so you got to race a couple times long course that summer. Um, I mean after just kind of looking back on those races how do you how did you feel about them at the time and also how how do you think those couple months out of the water impacted them yeah um so while i was not training um for like two and a half months i did a lot of dryland uh workouts so i did a lot of um hit yoga um I have a few dumbbells that I could kind of do like a lifting program as well. Um, and I was still in Michigan at that time and it was still kind of like winter. Uh, but me and my other teammate, we bought wetsuits from Amazon and we have a lake that's near our campus. So a few times a week, we dive into the lake and start swimming. Um, it was really, really freezing. Um, it was like 12 degrees Celsius. I don't I don't really know what the, that's in Fahrenheit, but um, it was really no. cold anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, and we could only be in there for like 15 minutes and then our fingers and toes just get so frozen. Uh, but at least we get to kind of swim, I guess. Um, but I think because I did all of that, I kept up with my aerobic system and, um, you know, at least I'm not sitting around and doing nothing. I'm still like moving around and like working my muscles. So I think the transition between all that dry land workout to the pool was a, a little bit easier. Um, and after not swimming for so long, I was just so happy to get back into a pool again. So I think that definitely helped with um, the first few weeks of training when you're just like grinding and putting in the hard work. And even though you're so sore every day and you just, everything just feels weird, but I was just really happy that I get to swim again. Um, so after all of that and seeing how I did at time tri- at the time trials, um, I was really happy and like I'm glad I was back in the pool. I'm glad I get to race again, and that definitely gave me a lot more motivation moving forward. And um, yeah, I was I was really pleased with my results. Uh, to give to give our listeners a little context, 12 degrees Celsius is about 54 degrees Fahrenheit. That is. So cold for cold, water. Yeah. Uh, I, I I'm a little stuck on that. <laughs> do you do you really feel like that helped? Uh, may yeah maybe I think so. Well, we we were we put on fins and we brought like a kickboard and we were just like kind of kicking up and down and then like sprinting because it was really really cold. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but we also did like you know, some hit workouts before we got into the pool. So at least we're a little bit warmer and we're a little warmed up. Um, but I, I think, yeah, at least like you don't lose your, the feel of the water. So maybe it helped, maybe it didn't, but I, yeah, it was like, it was a different experience swimming in a very cold lake. I think that's, yeah, I think that's the story of the year is that everyone just got a lot of different experiences. It seems like a lot of people are are better off for it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and in some cases, like yours, their times are showing it. Um, yeah. 
so let's let's get to ISL. You get to the Budapest bubble. Um, you were on the DC Trident in season one. You switched to Energy Standard season two. Uh, did you know anyone on the Energy Standard team heading into this second season? No, not at all. I mean, I know of them. They're all, yeah. you know, amazing swimmers, but I didn't know anyone. So I was um, a little worried at first just because I was thinking, oh, no, I have no friends. But uh, everyone was super, super nice. And they're all very fun to be around. They're all very funny and they train hard, race hard, but they also like to relax and enjoy. Like, like it re- really made me realize that these top swimmers they're they're all just human and they're like they're just like everyone else like they like to have a good time and um they don't take themselves too seriously so it was I really really enjoyed being on energy standard yeah so you you get there and you know like like we've said like our audience probably knows is it's a six-week training camp competition bubble situation um, tell me about the routine or if you did, did you establish a routine over those six weeks of, you know, how you prepared for race day, how you prepared not on a race day? Yeah. So energy standard had a pretty, um, interesting schedule where we had our first meet and then we had a two week training block before we had like five meets in a row. Um, so during those two week training block was probably the hardest because all of us, already raced once but and in our minds we're like oh we should be in racing mode but then we're training and we're doing like 11 12 13 k's a day um so it was like a little hard to adjust at first but it was also fun training with new people um sometimes i was doing my own workouts and sometimes i was training with energy standard and sometimes they're doing my workouts so it was fun like we're all just like trying new things um and we, I, I was training with like the middle distance group. So like a few of us kind of formed our own group. Um, so it was really fun. And then I think the, and then the other challenge would be having five meets in a row. And we only had roughly two or three days apart uh, between each meet. Um, so it was really, it really taught me how to like recover and be prepared for between for each races. Um, and we had a few meets where we had to race at 10 in the morning. So um, I tried out different things and see what worked best for me. And uh, I realized that I like to wake up a few hours before, like a little earlier than I would normally do so that I could, you know, have breakfast and then go outside and take a walk, you know, even if it's just for like 15, 20 minutes to wake myself up, get some fresh air. Um, and then I like to just relax a bit in my room. And I feel like that's the best way to wake myself up instead of w- waking up like two and a half hours before you raise, have breakfast and go straight to the pool. Um, I like mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm actually prepared and ready when I arrive at the pool. Um, and then I just go through my normal um, pre-race routine at the pool, like dry land, some warm up um, and then, you know, pool warm up and all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty interesting. I, I, and yeah, the schedules were pretty wild. Just looking at each different teams, the discrepancy and especially energy standard, you guys did have that first one and then two weeks and then a bunch 
of racing all all on the back half. Um, who who are you training with in that mid distance group with Energy Standard? Yeah, so um, it was the well, I, it was me and then um, Mary, Emily Seabom, Chad, uh, Craiger, Vicky, um, just like a bunch of us, and then some people would join us, some people would sometimes switch to sprint. Um, so it's like it's a good good group of us, and uh, you know it, we had a lot of fun. Was, was there a workout that stands out to you? Um, I just remember one day we did 12 200s, um, which uh, they, so everyone else did like two moderate, one fast. And I did something a little different where I did like the first one fast, the second one, 150 fast, 50 easy. The third one, I did 100 fast, 100 easy. And I did that four times through. So that was a... That was a very, to me, it was like a kind of long workout, but for some reason that stuck out to me. That That's intense. Do you, do you feel like you did well on that set? Um, I started off pretty strong, but then I, I started off my first 200 with a 206 long, they're all long course, 206, okay. and then uh, kind of slowly died off, but yeah, it was just training, so. Yeah, and uh, and again, I've, I've found this so fascinating because it was such a different situation than most people are used to. Um, how did you kind of balance that training versus racing, you know, getting prepped for race day, especially like, you know, you were going best times routinely or, or, or hitting times that were like right at your best almost every time you got, you know, hit the water. Um, how, what was your prep like in terms of were you coming down? Were you going up in, in training? Um, so I didn't really come down before I left for ISL. Um, I think the, the biggest thing was definitely putting in the work in the two week training block that we had between our first meet and our second meet. Um, and like, it's a little weird because you're, you keep thinking you're, you're, you should be racing, but then you're actually training and you're, swimming a lot so your body was like couldn't at first my body just couldn't really adjust to what I was doing um but then once we had our you know huge racing block like five meets in a row um I made sure I did a lot during warm down so I just kept swimming so that I'm kind of still keeping my aerobic system up um since I do the 100 and also the 400 um and I think, yeah, just like keeping my aerobic system up, but make sure uh, I'm not like overworking myself. If I feel like my body's getting really tired, then that's when I stop and I, you know, go see a massage and make sure I'm working on my recovery and everything. Um, and I think the reason why I could maintain uh, my performance was because after each meet, I go back and I look at the racing videos with my coach and um, and people from energy standard and they kind of tell me like what I have to work on. And I think just really fixing those details and the, you know, it could be just like doing one less kick off the wall or doing one more kick or, you know, how my streamline, like how long I should hold a streamline, like just the tiniest things could definitely make a big difference at the end. Um, and just like working on those details. Um, yeah. I don't think there's like any secret, but it's just like, you know, just, working on the tiny things. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially I'm I'm guessing, and from what I've heard from other athletes who are in the bubble, you know, you you race so much, you kind of get into your rhythm, and you 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 get dialed in, and it's and at that point, it's not about you know getting a ton of ton more training under your belt or anything like that. It's just kind of sharpening the the tool a little bit at a time. Yeah, definitely. I kept telling people like I don't think I really. I think the reason why I got faster is not because I, you know, did more training, but it was because I uh, executed better in my racing strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And so then tell me about your recovery and how you kind of developed that system over those, especially on the back end when you were racing so much back to back. Yeah. So right after my last race of the day, I do my warm down. um, And after that, I hop onto the massage table and, I like to get a flush. Um, and after that, you know, I have, you know, nutrition, review, have dinner or lunch or whatever the time of the day is. And then <laughs> like to foam roll stretch when I'm in my hotel room and just um, relax. And if it's a meet in the morning, in the afternoon, I like to also go out for a walk and just to move my legs a little bit, but not overkill them and uh, just get some fresh air. I always think I love to walk. I love going on walks. And I think that definitely helped, especially during that six week bubble when we're stuck inside so often, I like to just go out and just be outside, get some sun, even though the sun isn't out that wasn't out that often, but like, it's nice just being outside. I like being outside. And I think um, I slowly incorporate that into my recovery routine. Um, and if I get the chance, I like to also swim out in our hotel pool. Um, and just to see, I really listen to my body and see what it needs and what I need to do to make myself feel better. Nice. And I'm, I'm again, in a similar vein, I'm guessing uh, as you get more dialed in, as you move through the bubble more, you can kind of listen to your body a bit better or get, get more in tuned of what you might need. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, are you someone, I know, I know the rooms were, you know, everyone had their own room and I'm guessing in that way you might've spent, you know, a little more time by yourself than a normal meet situation. Are you someone who can, who enjoys that alone time? Yeah, I, I would definitely say I'm an introvert. Um, so I like spending time alone in my room, like reading, going on Netflix or whatever. But also we, each team has their own team room. Um, and so after dinner, like we like to go to our team room to either watch ISL, watch the other matches, or some people brought Switch. So we've been playing like Mario Kart, Jackbox, and it was really fun, like, I'm glad that we had our own team room area where we can just hang out and just talk or play or do whatever and be with the team. So I had the freedom to either be in my room or like hang out with my teammates. And I think I had a good balance of that. Yeah. Uh, so switching to the, to the more swim nerd side, did you, did you ever swim 500 free in college? Never, not even once. (laughs) Not even once. Yeah. But ISL, different story. Yeah, um, yeah. Before the first meet, um, James and Tom, the two coaches, they said, uh, oh, we, we might need you to some some events that uh, you're not used to. Like, 
like either the two I am or the four free. And I was like, oh, I haven't been training I am since after college. So okay. I would not like to swim the two I am. And they're like, okay, maybe the four free. Uh, but you don't have to swim it every time. And I was like, okay, okay, yeah, I can do that. And then after the first meet, they just put me in all five other meets as well. So yeah, it was quite an experience. I'm 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 still amazed. How did you never swim the 500 free in, at Michigan once? I think there were a few times I was so close from swimming it in, at dual meets, but then um, you know we always do this thing called sudden change at dual meets where you think you're swimming this event, but then the coaches last minute would switch it up. Um, so they switch up other people, so then I would have to cover for them. Um, so I actually never got to swim the five free. Yeah. Wow. Did you ever swim the 400 IM? Not in college, but when I was younger, like 13, I used to do that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, that's, that's, I'm, I'm a little amazed by that, but so you swam the 400 free, you swam the 100 free, you swam the 200 free, no 200 IM though in ISL. Yeah. I, I think I'm kind of done with the two IM after college. Yeah. I, I like freestyle more. <laughs> um, so what was your experience with the 400 free? Did that change you at all? Um, it's definitely a very hard event to swim. Um, I think the first time I did it, I didn't really know what to expect. So I was a little bit more fearless. Um, so I, I didn't know how painful it, you would feel at the end. Um, and I was not expecting that. So then I think um, as I saw it more, I was just like after, you know, 200 or 250 during the race, I was thinking like, oh, the pain is about to come. The pain's about to come. Um, so I was kind of expecting the pain. Um, but I think that also made me prepare it a little better. Um, I saw it six times and I think I swim it differently every time because I really didn't know what was the best way for me to swim it. Um, but no, it was a fun experience. And I think it, it helps with my 200 free long course, especially because um, I definitely need the endurance to come back in the last 50. Um, so as like a training meet, I I wouldn't mind swimming the four free again, maybe not six times, but um, <laughs> I definitely think it helps. It helps with the four, uh, it helps with the two free. Yeah. And with, that makes sense. Uh, is was there Was there a racing moment or I guess just a race that stood out to you that season um, that was like, all right, this, this was a good one or, or maybe this was, this was not so good. Um, one that really stood out was um, I think there are actually two, probably the first one would be the four by one free relay that um, energy center broke. Well, swam faster than the world record time. <laughs> right. Broke the world. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't think um, I would ever break a world record on a relay, especially with Hong Kong. Um, so that was that was pretty cool, and I got to do it with you know Sarah, FMK, and Pranil. Um, so it was it was a really surreal moment, and we didn't even know we did it until after the race, and we all got our clothes and we were walking back to the warm down pool, and someone said oh, you guys broke the world record. And we looked at the scoreboard and we saw a world record. And that was the moment we knew. Um, so it was, it, was, it was really surreal, especially when you were not expecting that. 
um and it was just like a cool thing to tell people like oh yeah I swam faster than the world record but it doesn't count as a world record but it was still really fun <laughs> um yeah I really enjoyed that race um and then the second one I think would be the two free at the finals um because I didn't really have a great hundred free that morning and uh, well that day and you know it really made like I really had to focus on my next race which was the two free and not think too much about what went wrong in the hundred free and you know that shift in mindset um like I was really proud that I did that and um and yeah and I was really tired before the two free I just like wasn't in the best racing mindset but I'm glad I get I was able to you know bring myself back and focus and then some of the best time in the two free I think that was that was also very memorable yeah I I don't think I've asked anyone this but I remember thinking it just about every match that I watched which was all of them uh the 100 free and the 200 free were on the same day right yeah yeah what was the what what was your thoughts on that (laughs) when i first saw the schedule i was thinking why would they do that (laughs) why why would you put 100 and 200 free at the same day um but it is what it is and i guess it's just like i just treated it as training like we're doing race pay sets where you get you know 45 minutes or however much time you get in between two races and you know if they if they get to change one thing from the lineup next year hopefully <laughs> don't put the 100 and 200 together um but yeah you know gotcha um so i mean in in takeaways from your second isl season now obviously a very unique and completely different experience uh, especially from season one but yeah you, you know you get back home to hong kong and You've had a little bit of time to, to sit with that experience. What have you taken away from it? Um, I think this ISL season made me realize that I am, I'm, I'm at where I need to be right now. Like in terms of training wise, I um, have put into hard work and I'm seeing results. And so I think if I keep up with what I'm doing right now, um, it will lead me to where I want to be. Um, And also really uh, made me realize how important post-race recovery is, Um, especially at ISL where you race like two, three, four events in two hours, like how you recover from all of that um, is really important because if you don't do your recovery, it'll definitely affect you the next day or even the next like, three, four matches. Um, So I would hope that I kind of nail down what I need to do after every meet. Um, But, and also how you recover in between races as well. That's also important. Um, I know ISL is a little uh, different where you swim more in a session than you normally do at like the Olympics or world champs, but it's so important to recover in between races and like, what are you going to do? What are you going to drink? How much are you going to warm down? Um, how much time do you have? Are you going to put on a new suit? Like there's a lot to think about um, in between races. So I think I definitely learned a lot through this whole experience. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that just kind of 
you know, I'm thinking about this in the context of, of the Olympic games coming up. Uh, do you, are you pretty set on the hundred and 200 free as your individual events? Yeah. Um, definitely the hundred and 200 free. Um, I have the B cut in the 50 and I don't think I'm too far off the A cut. Um, I don't know if I'm going to swim that, but we'll see. Cause that's, that's after the hundred and 200 free. So it, um, yeah, if I qualify, then maybe I'll submit. Um, but yeah, definitely the 100 and 200. Nice. And no 200 IM. No, or the four free. <laughs> <laughs> They're cut. Um, yeah. All right. So so in the next, moving forward in these next couple months, you know, you, you continuing to prepare, obviously, a little bit of uncertainty with how long you will be in lockdown. Um, but what are you looking forward to? And do you have any kind of um, concrete or non-concrete plan heading forward? Uh, not a lot of plan. Um, the only thing I know that I will be going is the Olympics, if that's <laughs> happening. Um, but we're trying to at least go to some uh, one or two meets before the Olympics, if that's possible. We're trying to organize um swim meets in hong kong i know well we had a, a few of them but they all got canceled what especially now that public pools are closed um we're trying to see if we can go to some international meets like mayor nordstrom um but nothing is certain everything's up in the air it really depends on the situation so right now i'm just training and hoping that um you know there's a meet that i can go to soon yeah well, Shaban, I appreciate you taking the time out of your weekend to sit down and talk with me. Uh, any parting thoughts before we sign off? Uh, not really. Just thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.